Blog Talk Radio. Do you want to elevate your mind? Do you want to shift your life? Well, sit back and relax. It's time for another episode of The Shift with Skip. Get ready to roll. Yes, indeed. Get ready to roll. Hi, everyone. Happy hump day or happy transformational day, I like to call it. I am Skip Jennings. I'm your host of The Shift with Skip. And um, my Wednesdays have become my favorite day of the week because I get to talk about transformation. I get to help people have their own shift in their life while I'm having my own shift on this radio station out here with you guys on Block Talk Radio and also on the podcast. And um, I'm just really excited about our conversation today. But before we get into that, as we do every week, we talk about journaling, journaling and uh, writing and getting your thoughts down on paper. And I believe that it's very, very important that we get honest with ourselves. And remember, when you journal, it's not for anyone else to read unless you choose to share. But um, this is about you getting honest with yourself. And there is honesty from pen to paper. So today's journal question that I'm asking you is, how are you approaching your wellness? And we are already another month into 2015, can you believe it? And the first uh, month was about wellness. We talked about mindful eating last week. We talked about staying healthy and juicing. But I want you to follow up on that. How are you staying well? And um, let's talk about this in a different way. We gave you some practical aspects of, of, of eating right and exercising and yoga and acupuncture. We talked all about that the last couple of weeks. But there's another side of your wellness that I'm going to ask you to kind of go into and explore. What about your wellness of your spirit? How are you de- dealing with that? And one of the ways I, I work with my wellness and my spirit to recognize that, you know, my wholeness and recognize my, my oneness with the universe is creativity. Creativity is a huge source of my healing. And when I was going through a really challenging time in my life about 10 years ago, I used art and poetry as a way of healing. It was a way of me getting honest and the way of me forgiving myself for some some choices that I have made. I don't believe in any wrong choices or any bad choices. I believe there are choices that have led me to where I'm at today. And the journaling and the art actually helped me to resolve that and come to that conclusion that um, this is a journey with no destination and I am absolutely okay the way I am. So it took art to heal that area of my life. And I still use art today as a way of healing and the way of staying really connected to what is the truth. And the truth is that this is the inside job. And as we go through the inside job of, of cleaning up and having our shift and shifting our life, we recognize how amazing we really are. We are absolutely divine creations with a absolute I always say that we're on a we're on a mission to shift this planet and we're on a mission to shift the world, but we have to have our own shift first. And I believe everything leads to self. Everything comes back to self. So how are you taking care of your spiritual wellness? Another way I like to um, take care of my spiritual wellness is every day I meditate. I will meditate in the morning. I'll meditate in the evening. I will get in the garden and I will pray over my, my organic vegetables. 
it's a way I can stay really connected. And when I do that, I feel absolutely whole and connected to the universe. So I'm asking you to journal about that. How are you connecting with your inner self and staying well, staying well? So before we uh, jump into our conversation, a couple of announcements. My producers are always telling me, you've got to announce your work that you're doing. So the first thing I'm going to announce is Cycle for Survival. Cycle for Survival, we are raising money for cancer research. And cancer research right now, we need to really step it up, and our dollars need to go towards cancer and AIDS research and all the things that we can do to help other people. So one of the, uh, one of the things that I like to do every year is called Cycle for Survival. And this weekend, we're doing a big event over at the West L.A. Club for Equinox. Cycle for Survival is um, one of the – programs that helps to support the research at the Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center in New York City. And um, I will be teaching on um, Saturday morning at 8 o'clock for a big event of all-day cycling. And also down in Orange County, I'll be down there at 12 noon teaching one last classes as we're raising money for that. So if you want to give if you want to give back to the universe and help me to raise some money uh, for cancer research, please go to my website, skipjennings.com. At the very top of the page, you'll see Cycle for Survival, Equal Knots, Join the Battle. Click on that, and I'll take you directly to the site where you can give. Also, don't forget, you can take me home, and you don't have to cook me breakfast. You can buy my DVDs, and they're also downloadables for your computer. So I have four DVDs out right now that you can get one is called Dancer's Body Breakthrough. Then we have the Yoga Zen Elevation, Cardio Zen Elevation, and then Maximum um, Overload, which is a strength training video. You can get that to keep yourself nice, well, and fit. Also, I have a book out called Spirit Explosion, and that's where you can see my art, where I've uh, created a lot of art for that book, and also I use that book as a tool for my clients to help them to answer some questions, some big questions in their life. So it's actually a journaling workbook as well that you can do. And there's some spiritual poetry that I've written. So you can get that at skipjennings.com as well. And don't forget, every week we're starting back doing our video blogs. So I have another video blog that will be out this afternoon. And it's about creativity. Get that information there. Also, sign up for our, our newsletter. It's a weekly newsletter with a lot of great information, a lot of fun stuff that we get to share with you, the team here at Mind, Body, Spirit Solution, and the shift with Skip. And I have a great team that works very hard to get you some great information so you may have your own shift. So that's it. Enough from me, and let's get into our conversation. Today I have someone online here, and, and we've met before. And before we actually started this conversation here, I was like, I know this woman. I know, I know Dr. Jordan. I've seen her before, and her face looks so familiar. So we have Dr. Jordan online, and she comes, and her, 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 um, her company or uh, her business is changing the planet, and everyone moving from a place of that you are already well right where you are, and I love that. Her, uh, her website is alreadywell.com. She has a great background of dancing, and she's gone through a lot of different shifts in her own life, which I'm going to absolutely ask her to share. And I'm very grateful to have Dr. Jordan online. Hello there. How are you today? Uh, I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me, Skip. 
Oh, you're so, so welcome to the shift (laughs) again. And we know each other from Agape. Yes. (laughs) Yes, we do. It's a very special place, right? It certainly is. No, I I always tell people that, you know, you they always say, "Well, you talk about agape quite a bit. What is it like?" And I'm and I say, "You have to come and experience it. It's one of right. the greatest um I guess uh, I guess um examples of how the world can live because we have people from all over, from all races, creeds, from all religions, from all sexualities coming together, living together and 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 interacting together as one. So what was your big draw to agape when you first got there? Well, actually, I just like you said, I had to actually go of course to experience it. And for me, I haven't really been able to put it into words. Um, there's something that happens there. It, there's a vibration. The music, absolutely adore the music. Uh, there, there's something that happens there that just brings out the absolute best in me. You know, wow. I, I, I will go in there. I won't even know that I'm feeling particularly um, negative. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I will feel pretty neutral when I go in and mm-hmm. walk away from there and just think, oh, my gosh. You know, all I all I did was go to this place, participate, hear what was going on, and I'm walking out with an entirely different consciousness. So, so it's hard to put into words, but it is definitely a place of, of shift of energy. It's a shift of energy, and and I always say it's it's a place where I can really become more aware of who and what I am and my mission mm-hmm. on this planet. Do you feel yes, that as well? Yes, perfectly said. Very well said. Absolutely. So you yes, have I a dancer's background. Tonight. You have I a dance. You're going to go tonight. I, I, if I wasn't teaching uh, cycling tonight, I would be there on a Wednesday night. I teach every Wednesday night downtown LA Equinox, but I miss my Wednesday night service. So I'm going to have to take yes. a night off and come down because Wednesdays are special in Culver City at the Agape International Spiritual Center. But you have a dancer's background, and I do as well. I started dancing when I was yes. six years old. My Tell goodness. us a little bit about your your journey through the dance world and and your beginnings. Well, I I um, started working professionally at 18 and mm. um, continued working as a ballet dancer uh, for a number of years, traveled around the United States and also around Latin America in different companies. And at a certain point in time, I realized I was going to need to make more money if I wanted to have a decent lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Plus, uh, <laughs> on the sly, I had two children. As you know, when I was traveling, though, my the di- company directors could never know that. So my darling wow. children were, were kind of like uh, theater secrets. And wow. um, so so I went to a number of colleges. I actually went to nine different colleges. I would take a few classes here and a few classes there. And eventually, after a number of years, a counselor said to me, you know, you almost have a bachelor's degree in psychology. Mm. And, uh, and believe it or not, I said, really? Okay, that sounds good. There, there hadn't been a particular specific intention to get a degree in psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once I started, I, I, I focused on my master's program and then eventually went in and got my doctorate. So so um, simultaneously, I was dancing and, and being a psychologist for about 10 years. So we were talking a little bit about that earlier. Um, do, do you feel that your creative side actually 
fed into your psychology and getting your degree? Did it help you to become more aware of, of your journey to becoming a, a psychologist? Well, what I would say is that the creative part of me is what has made me feel so connected to the people that I work with. Wow. Uh, at, a, at a certain point in time, I think I, I was just going to get a degree because you were supposed to. Because I needed, I knew I needed to get a better job at some point. Yeah. Um, because, as you may know, um, I was not a great dancer, so I didn't have automatic contracts. I mm-hmm. had to, I had to scrape and go do what I had to do, live like a gypsy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, uh, but then once I got involved with really working with people, uh, it, that's where my creativity really is. It, it mm-hmm. doesn't have much to do with a degree. You know, I love to I, play and act and dance and do role plays and and uh, work with children. Um, I was playing on the playground yesterday, um, and that's where my creativity really helps me. You know, one of the things that you mentioned, because um, I, I went to NYU for film and I graduated from film, film school, and, and now I'm I'm helping people. I'm a transformational coach, and every once in a while, my mom will, you know, throw a little dig. We well, sent you to NYU to do what, and now you're doing what? And, <laughs> and we laugh. We have a fun time. But I believe that uh-huh. that education at NYU film school is so feeding to the work that I'm doing now. Right, and right. would you say that it's happening with you as well, even in the, your approach to psychology? Absolutely, a hundred percent. And um, mm. so, so after you know, doing psychology and and being a dancer and 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 having a um, a colorful lifestyle, let's say for many years, it kind of all coalesced into already well. Mm. It, everything, and that, I feel really grateful now because all of the things that I've done are um, uh, brought together so that my energy right. can really be focused in one way. Uh, so what is already well? Already well says that we are a perfect blend of both mammal and spirit. Amen. When they are in balance, you know, I, I, and I do believe that, that my ego and being being a mammal, being a human a human being, is part of my life here. I'm not trying to get rid of my ego. I am I'm trying to integrate. But what ends up happening is we end up operating more in survival mode than our thriving mode, meaning our right. mammal self uh, really gets emphasized in our culture and our society. And we end up creating a cast of what I call characters around us mm-hmm. as ego defenses. And... Mm. Um, and and they start running our lives for us, our 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 anger and our our pride, our critic, our vanity. All these things start running our lives. And already, well says that when we make friends with all of those, not get rid of them, not fight them down, not uh, overcome them, but actually embrace those parts of ourselves. When we embrace our whole life our experiences, our successes, our failures, all the parts of ourselves that our wise self or our spirit emerges naturally. 
So where do you believe that why do you believe that we have a tendency to want to remove those things that and I, I tr- I'm truly with you 100% here um but what we might view as being negative in our lives like failure and our ego and sometimes when we are are lashing out at ourselves why do you think that is our is our tendency to want to remove that out of our existence because I think we we are raised to be judgmental of ourselves. I don't. Mm. I'm not sure that if we if we didn't have the social pressure that we do, which is just incredibly intense, to mm. be better, to become, to be not be sinners, to be forgiven, to be uh, more beautiful, to be wealthier. If we didn't have all this pressure on us. We wouldn't be making so many judgments. Um, But if you think about it, even from a young age, you know, children get grades in school. How well did you do? How much better can you do? Um, Our, our, what we have, what we have, uh, our lives are focused on what we need to do better. And Mm. um, so we grow up making judgments on ourselves. And uh, I don't know about you, but I watched my parents make incredible judgments on themselves, and yes. and I and I watched, you know, I watched it, so I imitated it. And um, in my in my play, which we'll mention in a minute, in a little bit later, um, I actually make a statement where I say my father's critic killed him mm. because it really was that hard for him. And uh, so we think that once we accomplish all these things, we earn the money and we're not angry anymore and, and we, we, we conquer our ego, that we're going to be happy. And, of yeah. course, yeah. it never happens. It never so happens. Our, the, never <clears throat> happens. So already It never happens. happens. And know, one of the things that my mother used to say to me is all the time when I was growing up, and, and, and it just comes from the generation. My family's from Selma, Alabama, and the big movie Selma right now, and we've gone through, and we've seen you know Selma 50, 50-year 50 March, 50-year uh, celebration of the March. But, but, but from that mentality of what they understood, my mother would always instill in me and my brother is that y- you have to work double hard to get anywhere because you're black. And mm-hmm. so I pull that into my existence, and I know that my issues that I have about being perfection, perfectionism for me is is one of the issues that I, I deal with on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. That I, I, and, and, and it comes from that instillment in our, from my parents, from my mother. Exactly, exactly. Um, I was born to a teenage mother who mm-hmm. was absolutely terrified mm-hmm. of what the world thought of her. And, I mean, really, really excessively. I mean, she was terrified, I I understand completely, um, but it was the same thing of uh, behave, be nice, and everybody needs to like you. And mm. you always be a nice girl. Mm. And those kind of things, you know, our parents mean well, and we mean well right. with our kids too, but they're generational. And uh, already well says, Invite them all to lunch, you know. Open the front door and say, come on in, anger. Come on in, vanity. Come on in, critic. I love you all. You're all trying to help me. At the However, same time, Dr. Doctor, I don't know if I could have all them coming in to dinner at the same time with me. But you know what? You know what's <laughs> yes, funny yes, about that? Me. As, as an what? analogy, it's much <laughs> right. harder to keep them out 
because you see mm. when you don't let them in, they're pounding right. on the door. They're right. breaking the door down, and you're hiding in the house, and oh, you're I drinking drinking too much, and you're eating all the chocolate in the world, and yep. and and reading self-help books to try and keep them out. And right. and really, what needs to happen is they need to come in because once they walk in, and they sit down in the living room, they're all precious. Oh, that's beautiful. How did you come up with this philosophy? Because you're, you're talking something that I am very, very, very well with, and you're, you've brought psychology and spirituality together, and they meet, and it's working. How, but how did you come up with this philosophy that you use for your clients and for your patients that come to see you? In two ways. The first okay. way is, is working with folks with schizophrenia. And, mm. and um, when... In, as you know, it's a, it's a horrible, horrible illness with an incredible amount of stigma attached to it. Right. When I started to work with my schizophrenic patients, from mm-hmm. the perspective of what's great about you, what's mm-hmm. wonderful about your life, what have you done, I started to value them as human beings. I started to embrace the parts of them instead of focusing on what was wrong with them. Mm-hmm. When I stopped focusing on alleviating symptoms, they started to get better. And then looking at my own life, I had spent, you know, ballet dancer, gone to school. I mean, how much more time was I going to spend to prove to myself that I was worthy of being alive? Hmm. And and finally it got to the point where I couldn't do do it this way anymore. Okay. I, I, I had to embrace myself in order to find some contentment. And then once I did, the amazing thing is my spirit emerged naturally. I didn't Mm. have to go find her. I just couldn't hear her with all the hard work I was trying to do. Right, right. So as we are, you know, one of the things that I, I deal with so often with people come to me and as a personal trainer, also, you know, a, a um, spiritual counselor, people are coming to me already with their issues in the forefront going, mm-hmm. I don't like this about my hips. I don't like this about this. I have this eating disorder. I don't like what, you know, how I'm feeling. So when a patient comes to you with their issues Boom. How do you stop? How do you not remove the issues, but how do you shift to mm-hmm. telling them you're already okay? You're already well. What would be some of the things you would say to them if, if coming to you with their issues? Well, I'll give you an example. Um, okay. Because I do work with eating disorders. A woman comes to me and she says, I hate myself. I'm 100 mm-hmm. pounds overweight, and I have been trying my whole life to be thin. And I will say, all right, how much weight have you gained and lost in the last 10 years? And she says, 300 pounds. And I say, how much money have you spent? Mm, $2,000 on weight loss products. Uh, how much How much shame have you felt? How many events have you missed? And so forth. And, I, and I'll write them down and I'll say, this is incredible. Look how much ability you have to try to get your needs met. You have 300 pounds worth, so many thousands of dollars worth. All this is is ability. But the missing piece is self-respect. If you take all of this ability and we take away the shame, the guilt, and you understand that all of this you're doing 
is is perfectly natural and normal. We all do things to try to feel better. But at a certain point, we look at it and say, this isn't working anymore. But I want you to appreciate first your effort, the time, and what's happened. And once the appreciation is there for herself, just like she is, automatically she is miraculously enabled to make the changes she wants to make. Because that's the life journey that we're on. I believe that's the life journey that we're on to see that beauty, that divine self come forth. I remember Reverend Michael always has said this before, but I've heard him say it before at Agape, is that if you could actually see how divine you are, you would drop to your knees and begin to worship your inner self. And, mm-hmm. and he didn't say it in a, in a, that you'd be conceited or you'd be that, but you would recognize the, the, the divinity that lives within you. Right. That's a huge journey. But it, I got another question because I deal with clients who come to me with depression, and, 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 and I know what I use. I know my tools that I use, but I also deal with depression. Sometimes when things mm-hmm. aren't, aren't – it feels, it feels like depression, um, and I know that I'm going through sometimes a dark night of the soul. What what is mm-hmm. one of the key things that you that that our listeners can do if they are dealing with depression and they're dealing with a dark night of the soul? What could you tell them? Give them a, some some words of encouragement. Well, it would be actually similar to the obesity thing. Depression yeah. is actually a very normal and natural reaction to okay. life being overwhelming. What depression mm-hmm. is is a drawing inward of energy. Right. Of it's 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 almost like um uh when a hibernation it's yeah. like emotional and spiritual hibernation it doesn't feel good but it's actually right. the body's the body mind and spirit's uh attempt at pulling in it's almost like a going in your shell as a turtle and mm-hmm. so that we can withdraw and keep ourselves alive mm. and so so one of the first things that I think is so important is I want to understand that what I'm doing is natural and actually pretty miraculous. Mm-hmm. That that because well I know when I get depressed I feel guilty. No. There's something I did yeah. wrong. I should do it differently. What's the matter with me? I have all these gifts. What's my problem? Someone's not loving me. I'm feeling lonely. I'm yes. rejected. I'm rejected. Right. right. And and so if I can understand my characters around me, I can understand um, that that I'm getting I'm getting the wrong messages, and mm-hmm. that um, my response, first of all, just like the overeating, is totally and completely natural. Mm-hmm. And once I'm able to accept it with love, once I can accept my depression with love, not with like, but with love. And I want to say that about the obesity, too. I'm not saying that a person looks down and says, I'm so happy I'm 100 pounds overweight. But I understand and I accept it. I understand and I accept my depression. It actually gets better. People people have a very hard time with this because they will Mm -hmm. say, you can imagine, they say, if I accept my depression, it will never leave. And already well says, without accepting it, it will never leave. Yeah, because that's one thing that um, I, I'm, I'm still 
wanting to bring and I hear you let's invite let's invite them into the house let's embrace mm-hmm. them and then we can you know move past it or yes. are we just learning how to live with it well in my in my model what i say is that my wise woman emerges as the farmer of the farm and mm. she loves the animals but she sends them out to pasture okay mm. in the in uh, the other model is our animals end up taking over our farm, and our farmer okay. goes to sleep. Mm. And in, in, in the already well model, the farmer wakes up and says, hey, you guys, I love you lambs, I love you cows, I love you guys. Go back in your pens, you know, graze, do what you need to do, but I'm in charge. Yeah, so, yes. So yes. My, my, my wise woman when the animals calm down, my wise woman is already present. Mm. I don't have to so find we'll, her. Right, go ahead. No, I was going to just ask, will, will we be able to see your wise woman come out in, in your one-woman show? You have four characters you. And, 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 and no <laughs> limits. One woman, four characters, no limits. I uh-huh. am already well, and you're yeah. you're doing this, and I'm so excited about. I, I I'm going to have to come and see this. Um, it's February 12th through the 14th in Hollywood on Santa Monica Boulevard, six two zero one at the Lounge Theater, Santa Monica Boulevard. Um, so tell us a little bit about what we're going to see um, in I Am Already Well. Well, I I um. I do a pretty, uh, how shall I say, revealing storytelling. I do some pretty revealing storytelling. I talk about eating disorder, having an eating disorder. I talk about depression. I talk about how I was on this treadmill. I actually demonstrate that, how I was on this treadmill trying so hard to become good enough. And um, and then and I introduce my characters uh, Roger the Rager has an incredibly nasty mouth. He smokes a cigarette, wears a black leather jacket. And uh, <laughs> um, uh, Miss Vigil, my critic, uh, is dressed like a school teacher from the 1800s, and she has a stick. Um, so, and then Verna Eterna, who's eternally beautiful, is wearing a skin-tight lycra dress and six-inch pink heels. So, oh. so my. My characters come to life and they describe it, and then then I make peace with them, and I thank them all for what they've done for me. But I do tell them that you know the farmer has taken back the farm, guys, and I love you all, but I am in charge. And um, I talk about being a cancer survivor, and um, you know how my cancer was in my left breast, right over my heart, that loved everybody else but me. Oof. So, Are you having so, your own therapy session on stage every night? I am you do it? so having. I have one. I have a. I do my own child, and I. I am a survivor of child abuse, and I tell you something. Every time I, I pick that doll up and go to do that character, it is a project. Oof. I. I'm still. It's still cathartic for me. So, um, uh, it. It is. The play is hard for me to do. But I wanted to really walk my talk. I wanted to demonstrate the power of facing ourselves and what it can do for our lives. Every night that you put on the show, what is your intention? My intention is to carry the message that when we make peace with ourselves, we instantly, um, uh, we instantly 
make possible all of the changes, all of the work we've been doing, and so forth becomes so much easier. When we make peace with ourselves, we immediately optimize our ability to heal, to grow, to learn, and to prosper. Mm-hmm. See, I'm, I have my lines down, so. that is is amazing that is amazing and i and i i'm looking at your characters here and i'm going i'm sure there's a lot of very um uh, there's a lot of heart in in your characters but i'm sure there's a lot of laughter and there's a lot Mm -hmm. of emotion that people are going to be able to connect with and i'm going to highly recommend this uh, show, please go and see it if you're in the LA area. I am definitely going to see it. I have a couple of friends I'm going to invite, and we're going to get our tickets. And where can they get tickets? Well, you can get on my website. It's alreadywell.com, yep. or okay. you can go to Brown Paper Tickets. Mm-hmm. Brown Paper Tickets. I am already yep. well, and the tickets are listed yep. with Brown Paper Tickets. But Skip, I want you to be my guest. So we'll talk oh. later. <laughs> we will definitely talk about that. Absolutely, I will be your guest. I will be okay. your guest. So I, I want to ask you, what, 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 what is spirituality to you? What is the definition of spirituality? Well, I have, I have uh, also spirituality to me is just, just remembering my priorities. Spirituality mm. to me is is something that I am always and and emerges not when I go discover it, but when I'm able to let go of the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I like to see it as a natural state of being um, without being afraid, Ooh. without without being afraid, afraid that I'm not going to get to work on time, afraid someone's going to not know how important I am, uh, afraid that I'm not going to be able to pay my bills, afraid that I'm getting old. It's it's me without being afraid. Oh. And and I love meditation too. I, I meditate on a regular basis. And the way I feel about it is meditation just shifts my radio station, so to speak. Oh. So yes. then I'm, you know, I, I, I'm, the frequency is always there, but sometimes I'm just not tuned in. Right. Right. And that's one of the things that, you know, I mean, I, I love, I love that your, your, your definition of spirituality, not being afraid, that resonates with me so much. And um, I've never heard it quite like that before. And it is just a deep awakening in me because that's what we're all trying to do is not be afraid mm-hmm. of life. And that's right. what spirituality does. Wow. And, wow. and I, don't, I, I just want to say real quickly that I don't think Absolutely. it's possible to always be there. And that's what the mistake we make, too, is we say, I'm not spiritual right now. You know, I'm such a loser. I'm a spiritual right. loser. Well, right. no, you're human. Yes. And, and being human in, includes being afraid sometimes, being angry mm. sometimes, being, you know, being a natural person. But when you say this is a, a divine um, design for us to come back to spirituality, um, because if we don't have these you know, ups and downs of life, we will never, ever, ever recognize that we are actually at the top of the mountain if we don't ever see the valley. 
And I, I read, you know, what you were what you were talking about earlier. I just downloaded that. That was an instant download from you saying that when you walk into agape, sometimes you're at that that even keel. But it's not until you recognize and you see, oh, this is what the mountain looks like. Oh, I was just in in the valley, and mm-hmm. and that's that journey. I think of every day everyday journey of, of spirituality. Have you learned more yes. from your failures than your success? Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, Can you well, talk a little bit about that? Well, I think that, um, oh, gosh, um, have I learned more from my failures? I think um, maybe not, actually. I was going to mm-hmm. say yes, but but maybe not. Because I because my whole definition of failing has shifted, I I, I think yeah. I know what you're asking me. Right. Um, have I, I don't learned? Believe in failures either. I believe right. in the journey of becoming better, so, and everything brings us to a place of be- better. Um, for right. for the sake of uh, because right. we're learning. I you know I re- I reread um, the gifts of imperfection with Brene Brown. Brene Brown's gift of imperfection, the gifts of imperfection, and she talked about that right. failure, mm-hmm. understanding that you know what we claim as failures is really our journey to being better. So I guess in that right. using that word, right, have you learned more from the times you didn't quite hit the mark to where you are I've, now? Have you gotten better? I've learned more from the but then I made it. That's yes. what I've learned from. In other Ooh, words, yes. you know, maybe I maybe I didn't get an audition sometime and my heart was broken. But then mm-hmm. in retrospect I can see that first of all the value in it, I call it taking the pearl taking the pearl out of the situation, and that I was, in fact, just fine after that happened. I was, in fact, just fine after uh, a lover left me. I was, in fact, just fine. You know, I mean, we worry about money, but how many of us have really starved to death? Right, you right. Know, how how many of us have really been so poor that uh, we have frozen to death? I mean, we usually make our way, is my point. And I think mm. it's the making our way through that it's just like physical fitness, you know. When we used to say no pain, no gain, kind of similar. You know, when we when we have a hardship and we, we find our way through it, we have an incredible new realization about ourselves. And a lot of the work for me and, and a lot of the work that I, I work with my clients is about about seeing the present moment. If I can be present in this now moment, in this in this conversation I'm having with you, mm-hmm. my world is complete, whole, and it's perfect. It's right, when I'm right. going outside of this now moment and I'm going oh, my goodness, I have to pay this bill, and oh, my goodness, I have to pay this bill, and I have this mm-hmm. note, and then this, this. And that's when I begin to get overwhelmed. And I'm exactly. always being invited to come back to where am I at now? I'm not starving to death, like you said. I'm not freezing to, to death right now. And if I look around me in this moment, this conversation is so brilliant, and I, I, I'm just so blessed in this moment here. And I breathe. I can breathe. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I love that you said that. Breathe. So one of the things uh, that we do breathing. at the end of the show, at the end of the show, we just ask our, our, our guests all the time, what does the shift mean for you? That word, the shift, we hear it all the time, but what's your definition of the shift? The shift for me is that I can stop having to work so hard. 
the shift for me means that I can just give myself a big, fat break. And that, you know, again, our, our initial reaction is, oh, no, you can't do that. But, oh, no, you can. Because, in fact, we already are amazing, mm-hmm. including all the things we think are wrong with us. Mm-hmm. And we don't need to be fighting all the time, even spiritually. Mm. And that's well. the shift. Now, now, I have to remind myself at least uh, one million times a day, of course. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm not, certainly right. have not arrived by any means. Right. Um, right. But, wow, okay, I'm okay. I'm okay. I've done, I'm okay. I've done a damn good and, job, you know. Hey, and at the end of hey, the, hey. at the end of what, <laughs> what September you have a book coming out, and what's the name of the book? The end of this year, I have a book coming out called "I Am Already Well," and it's it's an extension of my own story, and also I I have developed a modality for actually I call it uh, exploration, discovery, resolution and an ongoing plan. It's a four-step process for, for going through this this process because, as you know, we can hear all sorts of things. This is a therapist in me. Hear all sorts of things uh, and have realizations, but until we really practice, we don't change behavior. We don't well, change the way we think. We don't change the way we behave until we practice. So yes. so there needs to be a practice plan. <clears throat> One of the things that we talk about here at The Shift all the time is that you can set your intention all you want, but if you sit there on your couch and you don't get into action or into practice, your intention is just an intention. But we need to get into action. When your book comes out, will you please come back? Can we talk again? Because I just have enjoyed. Oh. I've just enjoyed this conversation with you, and I've enjoyed getting to know you, and I, I hope that we can get to know each other better, and you'll be a friend of the it. show. And um, I'm coming to see your show. We'll talk offline of okay. when I can come, and I'm telling tons of people about it. And we're going to Good. actually post a, um, a link to your website onto our, our website so people and also on Facebook will post it on Facebook as well on our, our links and all that. So um where can people find you again? Where are you? Um alreadywell.com. Alreadywell.com. Okay. Alreadywell.com. Um, yes. And what did you ask me? And are you on Facebook and on Twitter? Do you do all that too? I'm, yes you I'm, are. Yes, I'm Twittering and I'm Facebooking. Um the truth oh. is I'm not Twitter so so I'm not blogging. Um I am I am definitely not uh I would love to be all computer savvy. I would just love it, but I'm not. So, well, I just liked your already like well page on Facebook. I just liked it. It's very easy. Oh, if you go you. to the website, the very bottom of alreadywell.com, you can see the Facebook link, and you can also see the Twitter link. And I, it's so instantaneous, our social media. So guess what? I'm following you now on um, Twitter, too. So, oh, oh, wonderful. Oh. Well, I will do the same. I'm following you. you. Okay. Well, thank you so so much for being here and 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 all the things that you're doing on this planet and um you know let me ask you one we have one we have about a minute left so I'm ask you one more question what is what was your biggest aha moment in this journey for you and having your own um your own awareness your shift to that you are already well already what was your biggest aha moment 
Um, my biggest aha moment, I think, was actually working with my schizophrenic clients. I mean, that okay. was really the moment where I said, wow, yeah. the, the way we're doing this isn't working. These guys are amazing. These guys are skilled. These guys can live on the street. These guys, not that they all live on the street, I don't mean that, but, but right. oh, my God, you know, we're we're not approaching this the right way. That was really my mm. biggest moment of, of just really am- understanding how amazing they already were. Yeah, and, and you had and your own shift around your your pages right. and how to do that. I sure did. That is so awesome. Well, thank you so, they so became much. My and they became your teachers because hey, yes. we are only good coaches as we are teachers and um, as we are learners and students. That's so, right. thank you so much, and um, we just bless you, and uh, we're we're fans of what you're doing, so (laughs) that's awesome. Hey, everyone, thank thank you you so much for another episode of The Shift. Remember, you can follow us on Facebook, The Shift with Skip, Twitter, follow us, we are The Shift with Skip, and also my website, skipjennings.com. Listen to all the shows on demand from the last couple of years we've been doing this, and remember, my friends, we want you to be the shift that you want to see in your own life through the work. All right, team, until next week, we will see you later. Peace and blessings, everyone.